I have another job for you, Willie. What's that? We need money. So I have a bank job case. The only thing about it is I can't have the job connected with the Cobras. <laughs> How are you going to do that? We use <clears throat> Red Beans, Benny Rooster, Paul Monty, JT, Johnny, and Tom. And you lead the team. All the yellow niggas, right? Look, man, I am tired of that. I am not passing. I am black. Do you hear me, man? Do you understand? I am black. I'm a nigga. Do you understand me? I was born black. I live black. And I'm gonna die probably because I'm black. Because some cracker that knows I'm black better than you, nigga, is probably gonna put a bullet in the back of my head. Everybody, welcome to Generation Laws, the show about movies with Bryn and Jeremy. And today we are on our last official pick of the Dark Council montage month, um, <laughs> which I keep forgetting that I watched today. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I have it has been a big movies week for me. I am on the movie mindset hard, um, but yeah. Um, it's also well we'll i guess we'll talk about it but um we're <laughs> so we're on the last week of of dark council picks for montage month we will have another montage month pick next week which is our pick which is team america world police that's right <laughs> applause 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 we're all excited everybody to watch wants it. it it was voted so so the way it works in case you missed it um the if there is a five week month with the dark council me and jeremy pick a movie each and then the dark council votes on which one it is so it's kind of their pick too uh but we presented them with a choice yeah and uh we made them an offer they can't refuse everybody wants us to watch team america world police my goodness (laughs) aren't we all excited i do have a lot to say about it i mean i i think you know can't wait to watch it (laughs) i can't wait to watch it again it's been a while Mm -hmm. i think maybe Maybe like five years. At least, me. yeah. Uh-huh. Five, I six think, years. Yeah, I'm excited to get back to it. But that's not the movie we're talking about this week, it folks. It certainly isn't. It certainly isn't. Um, we have uh, The Spook Who Sat by the Door to talk about this week. But before we talk about that. Yes. And before we talk about what we normally talk about, we also have to oh. talk <laughs> briefly, directly to the Dark Council and say, folks, it's almost the end of the month. You guys got to come up with a theme for next month. <laughs> <laughs> my God, we're, we're really getting down to the wire. Here. Oh, I think they can have until the last week. As long as it's like a couple days before the... You guys got to gotta fucking it. pick these damn movies, all right? Get to it. <laughs> does it stress you out? It does. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Who cares? Anyway, now, Bryn, I simply must know... What did you watch this week? I watched so many movies. Um, I, gosh, I I always like forget what everything I watch. Um, my boyfriend decided that he wanted to rewatch every Kubrick movie. Um, Ooh. Uh, also probably inspired by the new Judge Movies podcast um, by Michael Judge's brother, Paul Judge, which I've been listening to. Uh, he's going through quite a few kubrick movies Mm -hmm. um good podcast check it out um good directors check out stanley kubrick dude if you haven't seen stanley (laughs) well that's the thing is that like a lot of people know this is the thing a lot of people know kubrick is great Mm -hmm. um but how many people have really sat down and watched barry Lyndon? Like, that's true yeah probably not how many people like my boyfriend hadn't seen full metal jacket he hadn't seen really orange um so yeah it was great full metal jacket is the best we watched full metal jacket and um when (laughs) when pile shoots uh what's his name how how halford um the drill sergeant um 
he was like, whoa. <laughs> like, he didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> it was great to it's watch so it with novel. somebody. I know. Like, just like completely missed it culturally. I am in a world of shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> God damn, I love that fucking movie, man. <laughs> <laughs> what is your major malfunction, pal? That's a great, uh, the I am in a world of shit is such a great clip for the beginning of a song. For like yeah, a yeah. thrash band. Yeah. I or, or like am a, in a world of shit. <laughs> or like a hard, like a Long Island hardcore band. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. What is this Mickey Mouse shit? <laughs> what are you doing in my head? Um, yeah, it's an uh, amazing movie. It really holds up. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. So did you, get through, much all of the, did you get through no, all no, of the... No, no, we just we just watched Full Metal Jacket. Oh, okay. Um, but then I also... I feel like I shouldn't talk about everything I watched. I can't believe that's his second to last movie. Yeah, then Eyes Wide Shut. Wow, I didn't realize that. It took him a long time. Holy shit. Yeah, I, I think thought... He, he basically said he, was, he wasn't sure he was ever going to make a movie after that. Yeah. Um, How could you? <laughs> uh, yeah. And then he made Eyes Wide Shut, which I think is incredible. Um, but Full Metal Jacket, I like the movie a lot. Um, I like Kubrick a lot in general. I like what he's generally trying to say politically. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he has a really interesting way of dealing with things. But I think Full Metal Jacket is um, sort of the most on the surface movie he has, mm-hmm. where it's like, this is a movie about how war is bad and how, but not just how war is bad, but like how America trains, you know, child soldiers to fight children. Yeah. And it's just, but it's like, there's not much underneath that. Like there, you know, I think it's important to, to look at it. Cause I think like stuff like platoon and born, you know, like there's, there's a lot of, war movie anti-war movies that are sort of just like damn it sure does suck but (laughs) but like focusing on the brainwashing of children is Mm -hmm. like a particularly interesting like way of going about it Um, yeah it's it's um i mean that's what like all quiet on the western front is about and i guess like i guess in some ways full metal jacket is supposed to be sort of like a modernization of of that um and interestingly enough, they just made a movie of All Quiet on the Western Front, and it does seem like people don't like it. I have heard that. Um, I haven't seen that one. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's sort of um, just kind of tough to watch after the... Because the, I think the, the barrack stuff, the training, is so fun to watch mm-hmm. um, and just strange and, and well shot. And then the other stuff just kind of feels like um, a little disjointed, um, but it's still all making the same point. Um, it's a great movie. I, I, you know, it's. I just think it's um, for me a little lower in in Kubrick's. Like it's not. It's not as bad as Lolita, um, mm-hmm. but it's just a little lower to me than the rest of the last seven movies he did. Um, and yeah, then certainly I, no Doctor Strange Love. No, it's no Doctor Strange Love. It's no Eyes Wide Shut. It's no The Shining. I think, um, but it but it's up there. I mean, it's still really good. Um, but then I went and also saw in the theaters a uh, Casino. Uh, I've talked about <laughs> I talked about Casino on the show before. <laughs> It's like we're, I thought when you said like I've been watching a lot of movies. I thought you were like getting caught up on all the all the movies from last no, year no, that you I, missed. I, I thought you were gonna be like I watched Tar. I watched like haven't. I was gonna go see it in the theater, but I, I just, watched my, Tar. That was the movie I'm gonna talk about. But we'll get oh, to great. that. My my friend uh, my friend. So I went and last week. I went and saw Phantom Thread with my friend, mm-hmm. and we were talking about Scorsese a little bit. Um, because of P.T. Anderson and how like Boogie Nights is sort of like his like early Scorsese and stuff. And I said, I liked Casino a lot. And he said, he'd never seen it. And then it just so happened that the Metrograph was showing it uh, last night. And uh, so we went and saw it. And um, it's so funny to see it in the theater. 
Like, <laughs> like, have you ever seen Casino in the theater? No, I wish. Um, man, that movie is a laugh riot in the theater. Like, just everything Pesci does is hysterical. Tons of like the way Robert De Niro reacts to Sharon Stone being like a, a crazy drugged out bitch. It's just so fucking funny. Uh, like when he's just like out on the out on the lawn in his robe and he's like, she's acting crazy. I don't know. I don't want to let her. (laughs) 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 And she's just like clearly going to steal something from him. And then he just like, doesn't stop her. (laughs) Uh, Man, it's, 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 I I think that movie, we, I've talked about it on the show before. I think it's maybe my favorite Scorsese. I think probably the best one. Uh, And I'm not, the biggest fan of his um Mm -hmm. i think that movie is just great it looks incredible uh i think it's the most interesting like analysis of the way like power structures work that scorsese has um and then it's also just very fun and funny at the same time um and in in a theater was it was so it was so worth watching and if you do get a chance to go see casino in the theater i, I highly really recommend want to. it <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny i dm'd will uh <laughs> i was like are you going to this and he was like I, i'm busy that night i'm so sorry uh, uh but he was like that sounds so fun <laughs> and i was like tragedy um but it was great um i don't have much more new to say about it last thing i watched this week was uh the new david cronenberg film crimes of the future mm. um which was uh came out last year one of the ones i wasn't able just hadn't put on um and it was so great i (laughs) i mean it's funny because i feel like the movie has a real love hate relationship like it's kind of middling reviews maybe it got like a you know one of those six minute standing ovations that can Mm -hmm. um but i really hadn't read anything about it um so i was going in pretty cold i knew it was like a sort of return to form for him but i didn't know how much of a return to form it was going to be um but it's crazy yeah (laughs) crimes of the future is nuts i like how the Um, cover art looks like the monster energy logo (laughs) what what does the cover art look like it's like the it's the m it's like the it's the monster energy m but with the actors in it oh yeah i've seen that cut into it i think uh <laughs> oh yeah it does uh so the movie is about um it unleashing is about, the monster within yes yeah. <laughs> it's about uh, a future where like surgery is really easy and okay. normal and kind of a lot of sicknesses has been like eradicated because of like the 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 way things are but at the same time the world is clearly still dying um like in terms of like an environmental crisis Mm -hmm. um like the opening shot is a kid like digging through the sand on a beach and there's just like a huge capsized cruise liner that's just like there um and the opening scene is that kid is just like eating a trash can <laughs> like a pla- like a plastic trash can he's just like slowly chewing on it and, and eating it um so basically what what's happening is that humans are evolving to like process the decaying like destroyed world around them mm-hmm. um and vigo morton's there's sort of like this societal rift where people who are like evolving new new weird mutations um are sort of uh there's like a governmental agency stopping that from happening like correctively like surgically correcting human evolution to stay normal (laughs) um but uh vigo mortensen is like a guy who ever since he was born was like sick and like kind of couldn't keep food down and has been um has created like this sort of uh performance art around publicly performing surgery of like taking the new organs that he grows out of his body Mm -hmm. um and it's like a show (laughs) so so 
so like his partner is uh this woman uh i can't remember who plays her what's her name uh leah sidhu um she's really good in it but they're sort of like it's unclear what their relationship is like if they're sexual or not it's sort of implied that like the surgery is their sort of like romantic behavior literally uh Kristen Stewart in the movie says surgery is the new sex <laughs> uh, and Viggo Mortensen responds does there need to be a new sex <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I loved um, and so yeah she'll like tattoo she, he'll grow an organ and then she like cuts it out of him with this like weird pod machine publicly um, and they have all of these weird like flesh beds and stuff in their house that like helps him like deal with the pain and eat properly and stuff Hmm. um and that's sort of the premise is that like there's it it slowly revealed that there's like a a counter insurgency group that is like creating food out of like polluted plastic it's like toxic waste basically but they realize that their bodies are like better at like eating it. Um, and the government is trying to stop them from like doing that um, and like control the surgery. Uh, it's nuts. <laughs> it's really fucking weird. Is it gross? Um, oh yeah. There's just like close oh, up. Yeah. There's like close up shots of just like surgery, like the whole time. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, like knives just going into people's stomachs and then nice. like, tattooing an organ and then pulling it out and putting it in things and there's one shot where like this guy is like one of the most amazing shots in the movie actually this guy someone is like sewing a guy's mouth shut his like eyes are already sewed shut and he's got ears all over his face um and it looks it doesn't look like cgi at all it looks like they're shut like sewing his mouth shut as a matter of fact they might have um but it's really crazy and uh, what happens is really interesting. Um, and I, I I don't know. If you like Videodrome, there's no excuse. Like, this movie is great. Like, if you don't like Videodrome and you don't like Existence, like, you might not like it. Because <laughs> it's a little slow and it's very gross. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like Yeah, I'm just probably, like looking at some screenshots now. It's fucking disgusting, dude. <laughs> it's like maybe one of the this most... This has got over- ears all over and what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> Uh, he's another performance artist. Um, it's it's really crazy. It's um, it's sort of inscrutable in the way Cronenberg usually is inscrutable. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what exactly is he trying to say? I mean, I think it's sort of this kind of like nihilistic, um, like statement about how humans are killing themselves with like by like destroying the environment they live in. And the only people who would be able to survive would be people who could eat plastic. <laughs> um, which is, I think is maybe where he's going with it. And that how we like have to fetishize things culturally um, to like deal with them. Hmm. Um, I have, I just watched it today. Uh, so I, I, I don't have like a full um like cohesive thought on on its like political stance or what its metaphor is but for me just like every image in the movie was was great <laughs> i was just having a great time watching it um and the performances are weird and stilted the way lots of his other stuff is um but i think even more endearing uh vigo mortensen is just like constantly sounds like he's gagging <laughs> mm. um because he's not supposed to be eating real food he has like this like alien chair that like moves him around so he can swallow correctly (laughs) um jesus (laughs) it's really good good Um, lord yeah i don't know i loved it i i I think it's maybe like one of his best movies if it if not like i i think people were a little give it a little time to digest i don't think you really believe that (laughs) um I well, I think he has some middling movies. Like mm, I, that's fair. I, I think that he's, you know, I love. Yeah, we him. watched that apartment building one, and that one kind of sucked. <laughs> Shivers. Um, yeah, I think, I think he has. Like, I think existence is a lot of fun, but I don't think is really saying much and not really doing much. Um, 
I think a dangerous method is not as good as it needs to be. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's up there with, with Naked Lunch and Videodrome and Crash. I think, I think it's great. Um, so I highly recommend it. Uh, that's what I watched this week. Jeremy, what did you watch this week? Wow, thank you for asking. Um, first of all, I finished Red Dead Redemption playthrough for the most part. I'm like up to the fucking epilogue part and like who gives a shit anymore? You were you know, <laughs> Arthur died. Arthur dies? Yeah, Arthur dies. Spoiler yeah. alert. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I knew that even before I played it the first time. Oh. Uh yeah, well, Arthur is the main character of the game. And he gets tuberculosis and dies. And then the that last sucks. two chapters of the game, you play as John, uh, who is the main guy in John. the original Red Dead Redemption. Oh, yeah. John Marston. Yeah. John Marston. Oh, right. Uh, and then that sucks. Nobody it likes that. It's like, it's okay. It's like. They take away your Ken doll. <laughs> no, you, you, it's funny. They don't really like give you much explanation for why, but you still have all the same shit. You just have a, you're just a different guy now. Like you still have the same, like you can't keep your horse, but you keep the same saddle and like <laughs> all your guns that you customize and all your shit. You like keep it all. I gotta that say sucks. though, the big thing that I, I realized that. is like the story of Red Dead Redemption Two fucking sucks. It's not actually See? very good at all. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like well you don't know you played like 10 minutes of it when, i could tell <laughs> once you get to the fucking I played end like of it, five hours of it it's hilarious it's like it really is just like it's the the ultimate message of it is like you should try to be good <laughs> <laughs> you should try to be a good guy <laughs> yeah being you should bad is not good <laughs> You should still, you know, be a colonizer and yeah. like just treat this land like it's yours and kill yeah. Native Americans, but try to be a good dude. Try to be a good guy, <laughs> you know, just like say howdy to people. <laughs> there's like, there's something howdy, funny man. in like the game mechanic of like, if you blow someone's fucking head off, like you lose honor. And then if you say howdy to three people, you gain it back. <laughs> so there's something funny in the messaging of that of like there's a certain amount of just like interpersonal kindness that will make up for like the most heinous things you do in your life <laughs> it's really teaching kids a terrible lesson anyway what's fun about the epilogue though is, is it like, for kids i don't think so no <laughs> but kids will play it it's a video game it's rated m it's rated m yeah you know how kids are always listening to the ratings on video games <laughs> Uh, what's fun though is like once you reach the epilogue there's a whole half of the map that opens up that hasn't been open the whole time but there's absolutely nothing to do in there there's like it's just like it's unpopulated beautiful countryside with nothing going on except every so often you just like run across a gang or a dude sure. and so what's kind of fun about it is that like this whole game you've been like trying to like build up your honor so that you see the deer when you die instead of the wolf <laughs> what <laughs> there's what like the, the <laughs> good ending mean? and the bad ending right is when arthur is it dies deer versus a wolf is it, when he dies and it's a good ending you get a deer and he dies on his own terms and he watches the sunset and he passes uh and if you are bad okay. if you're a bad cowboy <laughs> you see the wolf and then micah shoots you <laughs> why uh, did why does he shoot you just to put uh, you out of your misery no, no, you have a big falling out with the gang <laughs> and um, and Dutch and Micah are going their own ways and, and you're trying to kill Micah before you die, but you fail. You, you fail, fail either way. Uh, he doesn't die. Sure. But anyway, the point is you do this whole game trying to be virtuous and say howdy to everybody so that you get the, <laughs> so you get the deer at the end instead of the wolf and then... Um, and then once you're done with that, there's absolutely no part of the game that's at all impacted by you having good or bad honor anymore. So when you're John Marston... Right, because you're dead. Because you're dead, yeah. And there's no more story, really. There's just this epilogue where you're John and you're like trying to start a family farm. And it's like, I don't really give a shit about this anymore. So you kind of like get this whole half of the map where you can just kind of like treat it as a playground to just do fucking like classic gta style like killing sprees and shit and just like not even care anymore <laughs> <laughs> so 
That's your reward. That's your reward for for a game well played. Yeah, is you get to just fucking like use the shotgun to explode people's heads. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'll tell you what, that sounds pretty stupid. Real missed opportunity on their part. There should have been a cheat code in this game. Mm. Where they give you, so you know, you can like have a cheat code of like a loadout of like whatever weapons or whatever. They should have had one that gives you a loadout of GTA weapons. That would have been, I don't know how <laughs> nobody thought launcher. of that. Yeah, you could have like a rocket launcher and like a fucking fully auto gun and whatever in fucking red tech. <laughs> <laughs> that, would that would be, be pretty be funny, so actually. tight. <laughs> That would be a great video game. But alas. They didn't. They didn't. And they cut it off and it's not getting anything. So whatever. What do you mean? Like no more DLC? There's no more anything. Yeah, they never did shit with it. They just made it the one time and then they were done with it. They just keep putting new cars and shit into GTA Online. Oh, oh, GTA 5, you mean? No, no, no. Red Dead never got any sort of updates or anything. Oh, Red Dead never had a DLC? I don't think so, no. That's so weird. Yeah. Because they're just oh, well. too focused on the money maker, which is GTA Online. Well, I don't play any of that shit. Tell me about Tar. <laughs> so I also watched Tar this week. And um, full disclosure, it took me a long time to watch Tar <laughs> because uh, my wife and I watched the first hour a couple nights ago. And okay. we didn't like it and we turned it off. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then I had sort of like a sunken cost feeling a couple days later. Like, I gotta finish it. Well, and I realized that I have to talk about something for the show and I hadn't watched anything else. So I was like, all right, well, let me finish Tar. <laughs> and um, while I don't regret having finished Tar, I don't think that I like it as much as other people have seemed to like it. Sure. And uh, I don't like it as much as uh, Todd Field's other movie that we watched. In the bedroom. In the bedroom, yeah. I liked In the Bedroom a lot. And um, this is certainly no In the Bedroom. I'll Mm. put it that way. Um, (laughs) And I'll let people make up their own minds on it because I think, you know, it's it's a new enough movie that, like, I would feel bad saying too, too much about it. There's not, like, so you know how In the Bedroom has kind of, like, these two big distinct snaps where it like goes or from like one three, movie to maybe, another yeah. to another. Yeah. This like kind of has those, but they're not really as much like John, like genre shifts as they are like just topical shifts. And, um, topical. I just like, I don't know. I mean, I think the first hour is like really, really, um, like unacceptably boring yeah um (laughs) in a way that that in the bedroom is not you know in the bedroom like you could say it's slow you could say it's deliberate you can say a lot of things about it that would kind of line up with a boring movie but it's not boring it's actually really entertaining and there's a lot of really compelling performances and there's a lot of charming human stuff happening but in the first hour of tar you're spending so much time in these like really stuffy academic environments with like really rich you know uh important academic people talking to each other and like you just watch too much of it and you're just like i just don't care about what's happening here at all (laughs) and nothing's happening and like if you so if you were to like go on the wikipedia for tar and like read the synopsis of it like Within the first hour of the movie, we make it to the second paragraph of these like f- mm. like ten paragraphs here because literally nothing happens, and then suddenly everything starts happening. So there's a whole hour of this movie that I, honest to God, think you could probably skip and still see the same movie. <laughs> like nothing happens. Nothing happens. You get a lot of like window dressing. You get a lot of like here's who Tar is, and here's like what her life is like, and whatever. And it's like right. I just like I don't think it's actually that consequential to the movie Hmm. and I get that that's kind of Todd Field's jam is like really taking his time and really giving you all these moments to breathe with the characters and whatever but like I don't know man my fucking time is precious I'm gonna die one day like don't be (laughs) fucking wasting an hour of my life like that. but yeah, I think once it's, it starts it's interesting to, I don't even know if I think that like that's really his thing because like mm-hmm. he uh, you know it's not a it's not a a high paced tense 
you know, action movie, little children or in the bedroom, but it's mm-hmm. in the uh, little children, especially like pretty, it moves, you know, like it's kind of stuff happens and then, you know, their, their relationship sort of blooms and then you're exploring the pedophiles life and like lots of stuff happens, you know? Yeah. Um, but in the bedroom is a little bit slow, but I feel like within the first half an hour, the kid gets killed, right? Like, yeah. It happens uh-huh. pretty quick. You're like, oh, Jesus, what kind yeah. of movie is this? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this doesn't really have that. Okay. So it takes a while to really get going. And then when it gets going, I'm, I don't know. I mean, I, w- <laughs> there's interesting stuff that happens and it's a good, like, it's a, there's some, I don't know. Like, I feel like, <laughs> like, I, I feel like I'm going to get owned for, for coming out against this movie, but I honestly <laughs> didn't like that. I didn't like it very much at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Even when stuff starts happening, it's like, it's so often happening like somewhere else and we're just hearing about it. Mm-hmm. And like, that's fine, but... Why just, can't you see it? Why can't I see it? And like, why can't we ever see anything? And why can't anything ever really happen in this movie? <laughs> and like, I mean, why does it always I, feel like everything is just kind of the insinuation of this thing happening? And like, I think one of the reasons that I haven't watched it is that I know one thing about it is that mm-hmm. some people have insinuated that it is kind of about like cancellation. It's definitely like, about cancelling. It's a it's a very much a cancel culture movie. However, like all of that stuff is like there's only one thing that really happens <laughs> that like you get to see. And the rest of it is really like like you hear about how like she's getting canceled, you know, like it's just it's 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 an interesting approach because it's like you really just you get so little to chew on where like you see her like berate this guy in a classroom setting and then that just kind of goes nowhere for a while and then it comes back later to haunt her and there's all this stuff about like sexual impropriety but you absolutely never see it you just hear about it from people and then she gets canceled kind of for that but also kind of more so for berating the guy which you do see I don't know. It's just like it's it's so <laughs> it's so talk oriented and it's so little stuff that happens. And like so much of it is and 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 part of the problem I guess is that it's it's so steeped in this sort of like elitist academic world of classical music that like you can't help but feel this way, but it kind of feels really pretentious. Is kind of the way that I left it. I'm just kind of like like Man, it thinks it's off. really like, smart. Yeah, exactly. It thinks it's really smart. It thinks it's really cultured. And it feels like when you like, like it, it feels like what you would make a parody of like a New Yorker core movie, you know, like <laughs> it's just like everything is like the movie opens with her being interviewed on NPR, you know, and like, well, sure. Yeah. Which makes sense for the setting and whatever, but it's like, I don't know. It 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 just didn't fucking work for me at all. Um, I didn't so like. So you didn't it. like. So you're you're like a. You thought it was bad. I straight up like. I mean, I feel like I'm constant. Like, it, it's a weird feeling because I'm like I I know how glowing of a reception it's getting, and I know how much people <laughs> like it, and uh, I'm constantly like trying to like think about it more and maybe convince myself that it was actually good, but. It's just not happening. I, I don't think it's been, fucking good. <laughs> I've absolutely been in that position. I mean, I mean, the only reason that I will, you know, still give it a shot is that because I love Todd Field's last two movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Little Children, while I really like it, like I don't think it has that much to say. I think it's sort of like. As a high schooler, I read the book, and as a high schooler, I saw the movie, and I like was like, "Wow, very much to consider," you know. <laughs> and I think like as an adult, it's sort of 
less it's it's almost more of a comedy of like this sort of very specific type of suburban freak um and it's a skewering of people who think they're normal and they're not um and i think it's still really good but it's like i don't think it's making like a huge point or or a very interesting point it's sort of more of a comedy of a character comedy kind of and and I, I guess I'm a, I'm also a little worried even before you said you're saying what you're saying about Tar that Tar would be a little light on point mm-hmm. and a lot of for, form and um, and constructed qualities that I might really like. Um, I was going to say there all of the I'm negatives come away that I have to say about it, it it does actually look very good. Yeah, I mean, it looks the trailer looks fantastic. Like what it I've looks seen of incredible. it, looks fantastic. There's a couple of really incredible shots. Um, I feel so like Kate Blanchett has never really put in a bad performance. Yeah, she's so. not bad. I just like I kind of feel that she's a little, she's a little one note in it. Mm-hmm. But that's, I mean, whatever. She's she's good at the one note, so it's like it's <laughs> well, hard to complain. It. But it's like I don't we'll think that she has agree. a whole hell of a lot of range in it. Right. Well, we'll see. But you don't have to like it. It's okay. <laughs> I don't have to. That's true. I'm 35. Who cares? Who gives a shit? You have a child. I have a fucking uh, kid. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> All right. Uh, that is a reasonable thing. You don't recommend it. Um, I don't I'll recommend tell you, it, no. I'll tell you if I like it when I watch it. Uh, let's move on to our feature presentation, the final official Dark Council movie, uh, Montage Month closing us out uh kind of uh the spooky sat by the door um from 1973 um gosh what what to say about <laughs> about the spooky sat by the door directed by ivan dixon um did this guy ever i guess he made quite a few other movies right mm-hmm. or no yeah he's got a pretty long he, he he after this he made one movie no and it was a tv movie but after he mostly only directed tv after this a um, lot of tv though a lot of tv lots of episodes of things like wonder woman brett maverick magnum pi 13 episodes of magnum pi uh, quantum leap in the heat of the night etc but um honestly pretty surprised he was allowed to direct anything after this uh um this movie is about a a man who becomes the first black cia agent um specifically basically to learn about account like counterinsurgency tactics it's not really revealed till later that that's the case um but he joins the CIA. He spends five years there. He leaves to become a social worker in Chicago and then slowly starts building up. Uh, I don't know why they, they say Cobras when they clearly mean Black Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe just he, they didn't want to bring more heat on the Black Panthers. Well, um, also, I mean, like they want to say it's like it's a distinct thing. Like the Black Panthers aren't, you know, the Black Panthers have a totally different story from this. You know, like it's. You know, there's not like a CIA guy who like learns all the industry secrets and then goes and like does a sneaky little move and starts the Black Panthers, right? They're a grassroots organization. So I think they wanted to, to, and also because this is just fiction, right? So it's like they want to make sure that it's like this is firmly in the realm of fiction, you know. (laughs) This didn't happen. This didn't happen. This isn't a real guy. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, So for whatever reason, they're saying Cobras. Um, but he basically builds up a a people's army, um, mm-hmm. teaches them how to organize, uh, and then they they put on a protracted people's war and uh, they fight the American government. And then um, and then they like seemingly like win, win, <laughs> <or> yeah, like, <laughs> get close to it anyway. Um, this movie is wild. Uh, it's wild. I have seen this before. Okay, I'd never um, seen it before. I, I saw this in college, and um, that's cool. This is a movie that 
if you've ever listened to Dead Prez, you'll recognize like five different sound clips yes. from it. <laughs> um, maybe more than that. What uh, we have now is a colony. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was born black. I live black. I'm going to die black. <laughs> uh, th- yeah, this is a fucking, this is an iconic movie for, uh, for certain types of leftists. <laughs> yeah. And, um, it kind of owns, it's also kind of boring. Uh, it's a little bit of both. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's got a, it's it's got some problems. I think like the whole beginning is pretty fucking dull. Oh, that's uh, so interesting. I actually liked it that way more. Really? Uh so so the beginning of the movie is um Well, the beginning beginning of the, <laughs> the movie very sucks first... ass because they like <laughs> very clearly had like a budget for actors and this ain't where it's going. <laughs> so yeah, the, the first first scene. first part is a senator's office where he's like, I'm running for Senate re-election. <laughs> How are my numbers? Throw some numbers at me. And the lady's uh, like, you suck. You're going to lose. You, you suck. You're doing well with the Jews, but the blacks don't like it. And he's like, what? I'm their best friend. Uh, uh, let's the blacks love me. Let's call the CIA and make them hire black people. And this woman's like, "That's a great idea." It's funny because it really doesn't need to be here at all. It like, do anything. <laughs> like, we don't need some excuse for the CIA to have to like just say, you know, it's a coming down. It's coming down from above. Yeah, they're making me do it. Whatever. <laughs> right, but it's like, I don't know. I wonder exactly what this person's, uh, like the writer's, like perception. What I don't understand why they don't just say, like the CIA, we need to work on our image uh, for the for the you know for the corporations and for whatever. Like we're hiring a black guy. Uh, I don't know why it has to work this way, but whatever, it works this way. And so they're basically f- trying to hire one black guy. Um, and I think this part is interesting. Um, so they have like this group of what seems to be like 20 dudes and they are all sort of trying to pass the test and they keep (laughs) the guys like they grade on a (laughs) curve, which I don't know where he gets this idea or why the CIA would work like, like a public school. (laughs) Um, but they're like, yeah, they grade on a curve. If one guy is like, if we're all about the same level of goodness, we'll all get in. We'll all be CIA guys. Um, and Dan Freeman uh, doesn't believe that. And he is sort of like, I'm not trying to fuck around. I'm trying to be in the CIA for sure. And uh, they're like, fuck you, man. What are you, an Uncle Tom? <laughs> it's like, you're trying to be in the CIA. I didn't... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, so they almost get in a fight. He's he's very serious, and he's tra- and so he makes it. Yeah. After a lot of training, they judo, they do judo, they do scuba diving, they do gun training. They show him like how to make explosives. They're like whenever whatever country you're in, use uh, the stuff that they have around. Like you know, try to use stuff that the locals would use so that you're not traceable. Um, all kinds of like fun montage of training and. Mm-hmm and testing so we begin with a lot of montage and then Um, he when he like gets through it they they assign him like with the most bullshit ass desk job there because they make they make him make copies (laughs) because the whole thing is like throughout this there's like this whole group of black guys and then these the white caa guys are like how are we going to get rid of these black guys well we're making the test really hard and we're making the athletics really hard but this one guy he just keeps fucking getting through he's so good he's He's so so smart he's so talented and then you think because he's so smart and talented that they would like let him do cool shit but they're like no you're executive director of the copy machine bitch (laughs) 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 fucking make me a copy (laughs) they do not care they're you know they're very racist <laughs> i don't know if you know this about the cia <laughs> yeah i don't know if you know this about people in the 70s yeah white people white government agents in the cia um but they're very racist and um they don't want him to have the job and so they they sort of fast forward they're just like well you've been here for 5 years <laughs> um they like promote him to uh, like some sort of receptionist job, but he's still basically like a glorified servant. Like he, they 
remind me of the Con- Kanye line where they're like, oh, no, they love Kanye. Put him all in the front of the store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they're just like parading him around as a mascot to be like, look, we're woke or whatever. Um, and so he finally quits after five years of training and working on the job. Um, and I think this is actually one of the, the most weakest, like critical thinking things where it's like, did he really learn that much from like working a desk job for Mm -hmm. five years? Like, I think they should have like had him do stuff. Well, I think that's I feel the like idea is that like, interesting. you get the good training, like everybody gets the same training and then he gets the bullshit job. And I think he just like stays a while so as to not like tip his hand that he was just trying to learn the industry secrets, you know? Yeah, no, I, I know. But it's like, I don't know. I feel like the truth is that the CIA learns all that stuff from like guerrilla insurgency anyway sure. like there's you could have just, just studied the Viet Cong. yeah there's dudes who just mop the floor at the cia office you know like yeah. there's guys who get a paycheck <laughs> from the cia who don't know shit about fuck you know yeah the real scary things you'd learn if you were like had clearance would be like you know he'd be learning about like operation phoenix and like torture and and you know getting like large groups of people to d- betray each other and like that would have been interesting, but they probably didn't know about that at the time because mm-hmm. the book was like written in the sixties. Um, I think, um, so whatever it's 69. Yeah. Um, but whatever the point is, is that he becomes a CIA agent and then quits becomes a social worker in Chicago. And then the real fun starts. <laughs> um, he basically gets right to work finding some people who seem kind of militant um goes to some bars or whatever where they've got like the sort of pan-african hats on and they're wearing dashikis and stuff and he's like beats him up and he's like look if you want to do something real like stick it to whitey you got to follow me (laughs) yeah um and so he starts building up a team yeah and he's like there's fun little montages here of like training these guys with the shit that he learned and like there's one where they're like standing on an l platform and like looking in the binoculars and he's like well here's the the standard length of a city block and the standard width of a city block and here's the standard distance between light posts and so you can use them as a reference and like that sort of stuff is really fun um there's like a lot of very fun like camaraderie sort of like jokey scenes where they're like there's one where they're like uh they're like riffing about uh movies about slavery and like one guy is like (laughs) playing the plantation owner and one guy is playing the the slave who's being freed but doesn't want to (laughs) go yeah uh willie is being the the oh yeah they do a bank robbery to get money um stealing from old joey Steele over here and and uh they they do all the light-skinned guys so that they think it's white guys Mm -hmm. um they like make them wear like their hats real low and then the the whitest looking guy yeah uh that that's where the black line comes from because he's like he gets all mad he's like i'm not passing like yeah they know i'm black (laughs) but that guy is Um, that guy looks white as hell (laughs) (laughs) uh he does but I think if you look at his face, you'd be like, mm, for sure. Guys. And I mean, he's definitely, he has a point in his own life and experience and whatever. Um, there's also a fun sort of bit about like, they're talking about like, like blending in and how like, like a black man is seen as suspicious on the street, but a black man with a mop in his hand will just be ignored. And so that's how they're like a infiltrating all these places. smile is invisible. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, really interesting. I mean, like, that's the stuff I really enjoyed is that, like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, the unfortunate thing about this movie is that when it, where it fails, and I think we might as well get into, because what we're describing is a movie about a guy, you know, creating an insurgency and then taking over America. It's cool. I'm going to recommend this movie. but I sure, yes. I think what is more interesting about it is where it fails. And I think where it fails is is like not really exploring enough like what it means to do what they're doing and why and like Mm -hmm. what they're trying to do uh, and what it would take to get people 
on board because the movie kind of functions like a documentary of how to do it, <laughs> um, which is you can very much understand why the movie was functionally banned. Yeah. Um, so so that's should mention that the movie, I guess, premiered, quote unquote, um, but was very quickly pulled from theaters um and just like completely buried and wasn't even on like home video until like 2012 i think uh so i think <laughs> you know i think that this was something that was a real you know the the american government was really like this could and probably will happen if we don't do something about it and i agree i think that if you know the cia didn't exist it, we it would have happened um but of course it does and you know they had to kill a lot of people to stop it um so i i don't it almost feels like it's like i guess like trying to have it both ways where it's like a story i guess and we're supposed to like care about this guy's like plight or something Mm -hmm. um instead of just making it like a fun because it, it reminded me a lot of uh i've talked on the show about che the steven soderbergh movie about um the the, the communist revolution in, in cuba um which is just like beat by beat what happened and then them winning uh which is awesome and it's great and much more fun to watch than this <laughs> because this feels just sort of disjointed because it feels more focused on his like interpersonal relationships with like the cop and the girl um and i'd rather just see like the inner workings of everything and what their plans are and like yeah and them like following through and it's also funny they don't really have to fight with the cia like the cia sort of disappears as a like they like they don't work within the united states <laughs> uh <laughs> as though that was real mm -hmm. um so it's like they're just fighting cops, which is also funny because the cops are just wearing like button downs and helmets. <laughs> uh, and like, the, it's so striking, you know, now there's like, they look like shock troopers now. Um, but in the 70s, they just look like office workers with helmets and guns. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel you. I think this movie could have used to be more fun but now i'm like looking at other movies from 1973 and i'm like i guess this is kind of what movies were like at the time you know like i'm looking at like if serpico is 1973 <laughs> and that's also kind yeah. of like it's not as fun as it should be no uh the exorcist also not really as fun as it should be although more fun admittedly <laughs> than Exorcist these two is very fun i think i mean they also I, I i couldn't find um a uh i couldn't find a um a budget for this movie mm. it's hard to imagine they had there's no way <laughs> no fucking a, a way. lot of money for this uh it but it's also like you know they there's there's a lot of stuff that does look like it cost money like the whole like actual riot sequence mm -hmm. um you know they've got cops they've got hordes of people um they've got a car to cheap. flip and burn yeah yeah they yeah so it's like you know it's more it's definitely more it's not on a shoestring budget the way like uh sweet sweet backs badass song is or anything like it's not a grindhouse picture mm -hmm. it's on it, you know united artists made it um but at the same time it, it just feels pretty of its time. Um, like Westworld is from 1973. The Long Goodbye is from 1973. Sting. Um, yeah, it's a weird time for movies because they're sort of just figuring out like what they're allowed to say, how to make it fun. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that this movie like is dying for a remake. I think the problem is is that it would be probably even more censored. <laughs> yes. Although, um, I don't know. I mean, what's the call? Um, Judas and the Black Messiah was extremely explicit and uh, yeah. very cool. <laughs> um, 
So who knows? I mean, maybe maybe this could get this could get a cheeky little remake. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe Donald I mean, Glover will take a crack at it. I mean, he um, in Boots his, Riley has a new movie coming out in in uh, the last season of Atlanta. The Goofy movie episode is titled "The Goof Who Sat by the Door." Um, mm. and is very much, very clearly inspired by this movie sat by the door. Um, I can you imagine the like specific type of hell you'd have to be to be like a very wealthy, talented black person with those politics right now? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, like if you're Dan- Donald Glover and you're secretly like a communist or at least like a Pan Africanist, like revolutionary type person you know if you have some respect for those people like it's like you're so close to being able to do something about it but so far away yeah (laughs) Uh, it'd be so annoying um i'm sure boots riley feels that way um but yeah this this movie is is strange because it feels like a call to action like it feels like more than anything like here do it yeah. Like, please <laughs> uh, try to do it. Try to take over America, uh, which is cool. It also it feels like work. At, at times like it has something to say about this type of movie, too. Although I don't know how prevalent this type of movie was back then. But like the, there's like these funny moments, especially kind of leading up to the end where there's like tropes that you're used to in this style of movie where like the revolutionary, the, the charismatic leader, like, uh, you know, we believed in him, but then he betrays us in some way. And we realize actually he was full of it all along and he just liked to hear himself talk, you know? And like, there's a moment where I, I, does that happen? No, but you think it's going to happen for a second because although maybe it's just because I've just played red dead redemption, but, um, (laughs) There's the scene where, uh, the, uh, fuck, where he kills the guy. Um, Dan Freeman the kills cop. the cop, and then all of his all of his boys and his crew are like, "What the fuck? That was like your guy, and like you kill yeah. him, and that would be like me killing him, and like that's fucked up." And then he's like, "No, it's not fucked up because he got between me and our goal, and that's what this is about. It's not about you and me. It's not about us as people. It's not about us as friends." Yeah, you know, he's like, you might have to kill that guy. You might have to kill that guy. That might happen. And you have to be ready to fucking do it if it comes. And like, don't you dare ever fucking, you know, let somebody go just because they're black. Like, this is about more than just black. Like, this is about us and people and blah, blah, blah. And like, and and the guys are just like, <laughs> damn, you're right. Okay, well, let's keep going. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the point in a movie where normally like they'd be like, he's fucking lost it. That was his yeah. boy and he killed him. And like, yeah, yeah. I don't even know what to believe anymore, <laughs> but instead they're just like, they're like, Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Tight. And then we get into the montage where it's like, and then the president <laughs> calls a state of emergency. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a montage of just like them sniping cops and yeah. military. It's like, okay. <laughs> All uh, right, then. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's interesting. I don't know. I, I almost just want to, s- I wish there was just a little more. I wish like the pacing was better. I feel like it's really hard to talk about what's a little rough around the edges it's just a pacing thing i think like all the scenes are pretty good like once they get into like talking with the cop about like they think he's still a social worker and like when the woman is like these freedom fighters are so violent and he's like defending them and like it leads them to like yeah i, I think it's all like structurally pretty good but it just mm-hmm. feels too long yeah um, and i think and just like kind of blubbery around the edges I think Dan Freeman also, uh, Lawrence Cook, the actor, I, I just, I I don't think he's charismatic. Oh, I liked him. I thought he was great. I thought he was okay. He's a little too, well, like, straight-laced, uh, tight-laced, straight-laced. Straight-laced? <laughs> I, I, I thought there was, buttoned like, a up. couple he's of... He's buttoned up. <laughs> he is buttoned up, and I, I mean, he, I, I, you're right, on one hand, like, his performance in like small moments were amazing. Like he, he puts in some really good work when like, gosh, I, I can't even remember what someone is like saying to him to something about like, he's like keeping inside that he's actually like a, you know, black nationalist. 
and like he has like these small like smiles and like little bit of like his like tears welling up in his mm. eyes like sometimes like lots of stuff where he's just really acting through it like yeah it's where really did you good. watch this by the way at my house i mean where like on what did you like download it from from your secret server yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, see, any face acting was going to be fucking lost on me because I had to watch it on the free copy on YouTube. <laughs> and, oh, like, no. The it's resolution like was like, yeah, I mean, the resolution was like, it, it might as well have been like two pixels making up the fucking picture some of the time. Oh, no, you should I should have put it on the flex for you. There are times where like somebody's talking and their face just looks fucking frozen because you just can't see any movement. Oh, God. No, his his subtlety was, I thought, just really powerful and like mm. there's some really good facial facial acting in the movie but you're right that when he is like trying to be inspiring it feels a little bit like a school teacher mm-hmm. uh like sort of like you gotta like it, it he has the cadence of a guy being like pull up your pants and you know get get a job but he's talking about like communist revolution uh so i think he he doesn't do both of them well like he plays guy hiding a secret and pretending to be a social worker incredibly well um he doesn't play like inspiring revolutionary very well i thought yeah i i think you're right about that um but it it just it's such a fantastic thing to exist (laughs) um this really specific political point in time where you don't really hear a lot about the people who wouldn't have been pro Panthers in the seventies, like the black people, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you, I think it's as a, someone, as someone who is my age in the time we're in now, I think it's really easy to think of even at the time America being split between like virulent white racists and then black people all on the same side. Um, And it's just like, this movie really does a good job of showing that even within the black community or the black culture at the time, you had black cops, you had black military men, and some of them were willing to turn on America and some of them weren't. Um, you had some stratification of wealth throughout the black community. Um, and, you know, you never see any white people who are down. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't see one. And that's inter- an interesting choice um because there were a couple um not that many (laughs) uh but they're kind of careful to be like this isn't just about protecting black people like it's about like making a better world like a new nation you know yeah and i think that's cool i think it has really really good politics it has really interesting perspective um so i mean just as an educational like time capsule and the fact that you've probably never seen a movie that has anywhere near these politics, like absolutely watch it, yes. but be prepared for a bit of a drag and for it to drag in places and to have like a, some rough acting in places. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately just doesn't look that good. Yeah. The credits are like terrible, stupid, like <laughs> almost comic sans. Uh, the movie doesn't really have much of a look at all. Like yeah. it kind of just looks like Superfly. Yeah, it's very, <laughs> it's very just like point the camera at the actors and just go. <laughs> yeah, even the riot sequence is uh, sort of just like how else would you film it, but from like a building. Yeah, it's just uh-huh. like sort of there, and then they're like, there's like one shot where someone like rushes at the camera that I was like, oh, they made a decision. <laughs> uh, but yeah, not a very good not a very well directed movie Mm -hmm. but i liked it a lot i mean yeah i'd recommend it it's really it's really really interesting there's nothing Um, else like there there's few things like this it's a very specific piece of art that's pretty important and pretty classic so fucking watch it if you wanna (laughs) they don't want you to watch it they don't want you to watch it (laughs) (laughs) it's true they don't want you to um but yeah that's that's our opinion we recommend it even though it is it could be a little better and we hope that somebody listening makes it better that's right (laughs) and now that we've eaten our vegetables next week team america world police
<laughs> One of the funniest movies I've ever seen. We will talk about it next week on Generation Loss, the show you just listened to. If you'd like to hear more of our show, you can go to patreon.com slash generation loss and give us $5 a month, which will get you into the Discord where we watch the sh movie or whatever we're going to watch the, on the episode, the next episode. Um, there's also a $10 tier where you'll help us watch The Sopranos, which we're doing next week. I've got to finish the season. <laughs> uh, uh, if 10 people are in that, We'll watch a, mo a show and you get to vote on what show we're going to watch on after we finish the Sopranos, of course. Um, there's also the Dark Council. You know what that's about. Go check it out. All on patreon.com slash generation loss. You can follow us on Twitter at GenLossPod and follow us individually from there. And until next time, that's movies. I was trained to defend myself for my brain and my mental health. The white man got the wealth we held back. We're living in hell black. A nigga can sell crack, but that ain't gonna change this thing. If you gon' bang, then bang for change. Don't bang for crazy things. If not, don't bang. If you gon' ball, play the game how it should be played. Can you dribble a grenade to save your life? You paid the price, mama raised you right. Now how you ain't gonna fight for the white man lost? Hell no, nah, for the cause because we gotta get what's ours. Gotta struggle for the motherfucker power. Cause we're living in the last few hours. It's 1159, I think it's about time. We get on the grind and get out the carbine. We're feeding my mind. We can see we can find them if we spot them. Pop, pop, pop the pole nine. This is only a rhyme tonight. Don't get scared. Listen to the message in the word. Don't let your sight get blurred. You heard this righteous word. You might prefer it from a time out, time out. I didn't say bug out, ball out, blang out. All y'all sell out, get the hell out. This shit is RBG, so bang on out. Uh, we people, army nigga, bang on out.